Future Hacker. Life. Path. Future. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Future Hacker. I'm your host, Maria Taiji, and this episode is super, super special. This is part of our new Young Hackers project, in which we will be talking to amazing young guests all over the world, between the age of 12 and 20 years old. The Young Hacker series is a partnership between Future Hacker and Be Singular a unique learning platform on exponential technologies that empowers the next generation to create real and responsible impact by working with the technologies of the future. Young hackers will be able to collaborate with B-Singular's digital channel and will get to publish their blogs, articles, and also have an opportunity to be selected as B-Singular's ambassador with special discounts on the courses. You know, we were discussing the Future Hacker team as we are talking about future. How come we are not talking to a younger generation, right? So that's how the Young Hackers project began. We're going to try to have a whole month with these amazing young people. And let's see what happens, you know. Maybe that's something that you're going to do regularly. It's all going to be up to you, our listeners. So please give us feedbacks are always welcome. Today... I'm talking to Mahira Jen. She's an incoming freshman at Duke's University, North Carolina. Her primary interest lies in history, sociology, arts, and understanding how design can be incorporated into public spaces and educational offerings. She's 18 years old currently. So in keeping with this, she has taken part in activities that seeks to make design more accessible and approachable in her community. She's extremely passionate about piano and Indian classical vocals. She started Fun Wagon and Culture All as a social project in grade 10, so she was about 16 years old, to promote the importance of non-stamped subjects in cultural education among youngsters. For her humanitarian work, she has been awarded the Princess Diana Award and the Primerica Spirit of Community Award. At university, she's looking to study visual arts and innovation and entrepreneurship. Hi, Mahira. It's amazing to have you with us. How are you doing today? Hi. Thank you so much for having me. It's really an honor to be here. Mahira, your background is so impressive for someone so young. Everyone, if you go to her LinkedIn, she has like, I don't know, 18, 19 awards. She has more awards than her age, honestly. So so you're currently 18, right? Yet I feel that you've been doing so much. I'd love to begin by your story. It would be great if you could share with our listeners where you're from, how you were raised, you know, your family's values, how did they impact yourself to be the person you are today? You mentioned to me, you've always had this special interest in history. So, you know, where did it come from? I come from a nuclear family and have always been taught to give back to society, be it through charity that is done twice in a year or just going and spending time with the underprivileged on our birthdays. So this idea of giving back to society still sticks with me and it is one of the most significant reasons why a part of my initiative, Pan Wagon, caters to the underprivileged. 
we have always valued kindness, empathy and gratitude as key factors of our being. We were made to realize our privilege from a very young age and to be thankful for our blessings. But we also have a mindset that nature has asked to use this privilege to be a change maker and create a mark in the society by offering valuable lessons to those who are deprived of it. My family is both spiritual and religious, so whenever I would spend time with my grandparents, they would narrate mythological stories and this is my first encounter of history. After these stories, I also started watching mythological and history-based TV shows and movies and that's where I truly fell in love with the subject. Mahira, I can see that you have an amazing family, you have beautiful, strong-rooted values to follow. So, you know, as we mentioned, you were 16 years old, only 16, and you founded those two organizations. Before we talk about them, I really would like to understand what moved you, what inspired you to actually take action. Because one thing is, you know, understanding you have to give back to society, being thankful for your blessings, being kind. I understand and I admired. But from having the values to actually taking action, there's a huge gap in that. It's a huge step you have to make. So what actually moved you to stop and, and take the effort to do something that you created yourself? It's not just I'm being helping this NGO that already exists. You actually decided to create on your own. So what actually moved you? So our country still promotes STEM education and, you know, it's promoted more than we value non-STEM subjects. I've seen many of my friends' parents who force them to take up the science stream because they believe that engineers and doctors are more valued than historians or maybe uh, even lawyers. So after seeing all of this, I started identifying many other problems such as limited options for academic and enriching recreational activities, which are specifically made for children and especially for those who come from different stratas of the society. I also found that there was lack of focus to organize events curated for children that provide experiential learning and lack of possibilities of secure excursions for parents to send their kids for, for an immersive learning. All of this really inspired me to create a space which provides well-researched and age-appropriate events for students to learn outside the classroom that channelize mutual sharing and community learning, but also evoke interest in Indian culture, art and history from a rote learning to an interactive, enriching and customized program that engages young minds. This is truly where I felt that there was need for FunWagon and thus FunWagon was born. That's amazing. Uh, do you want to go deeper into that? So basically for both organizations, you saw this, this gap in the market. Uh, you didn't identify yourself with anything that was already out there. And you say, okay, that's a space here for me to create something, right? What type of support did you get from other people, maybe from your family, from teachers or any type of organizations? Uh, did you get any type of help at all? Were you coached? by anyone. And if you'd like to go deeper uh, into, you know, how culture all and fun wagon works, you know, just be my guest. This is your space to be talking about your own projects. Okay. So I, in grade nine, I started this program called Young Entrepreneurs Academy, which is YA India. 
where we learned about brainstorming new ideas and how to create a business plan this is also my first time where i understood entrepreneurship as a subject so when i attended the first few sessions the mentors that told me that you know if you have to make a startup that is successful and that is very close to you it should be based on something that you really love and are passionate about and the first thing that occurred to me when i heard that was history now you know making history and converting it into a social initiative is very different from liking history as a subject but when i understood these gaps in the society and the problem of only promotion of stem education i really understood that this was something which is essential so through through yea india i converted my passion for history into a social initiative i made the finances the business plan how fundraising would actually work uh, and everything that would go into making your own startup so to uh, to make our listeners understand more about fundwagon i would just introduce it a little bit so fundwagon is a social enterprise that caters to children our mission is to organize exciting interactive cultural activities promoting experiential learning through excursions and experiences fundwagon also communicates the importance of non stem subjects by giving students a platform to emphasize and engage with different forms of art culture history and more both in person and virtually up until now we have conducted various excursions both online and in person including tours to the national museum india gate gandhi smriti lodhia district and various educational workshops with our ngo partners during covid-19 we started a virtual walk through series on youtube so that we could reach a larger audience while conducting these fun wagon sessions i learned that students know very little about the different cultures that exist this prompted me to start an initiative that is solely based on cultural education and which is why i started culture all which is an initiative that aims to increase access to cultural education exposure and opportunity for children from all different backgrounds by organizing conferences speaker series panel discussions and much more In fact, one of the inaugural cultural all conferences was in PhD halls in New Delhi in 2019 where we had participation from five cultural educators including theater practitioners, motivational speakers, dancers, NGO directors and an audience of 80 members. That's really great. Thank you so much for all, all the background, Mahira. You mentioned the importance when we were talking about the fun wagon, the importance of the experimental learning right so what's your thought what's your thought about the current educational model in india so the current system is based on solely scoring marks so coming from a cbse background which is a, one of the largest education boards in india i have very personally witnessed the entire model our classes discussions and teaching focused on rote learning and memorizing the students who had a good memory benefited from the system since they were able to memorize the entire picture and thus scored really well there are students who used to look for logic weren't able to cope up due to no attention paid on understanding what is really thought so this system focuses on history and theory and not practicality it makes students run after bookish knowledge and thus not actually applying it to real world and thus perplexing them when they got in the real world due to the lack of practical knowledge 
there is no importance given to learning things by experiencing it's always based on what is written in the book uh, and just line by line memorizing every single paragraph and every single page of the book so i feel this this model really just focuses the the end idea is just to score marks and to just memorize whatever you've learned and not to really understand and grasp concepts well you know that's very very similar to what happens in brazil and that's how most of our listeners for sure were educated and this discussion regarding future of education is is something that we we've been talking a lot here at future hacker and most of the futurist also has been discussing because this is something that with access the access that people has to technology nowadays and your generation has it just stops making sense to keep memorizing and and to focus on scores and it's really all about the experience so how do you view let's talk about the evolution of education the education of the future what's your your view how do how do you see that the education will evolve and how long do you feel it to take us to get there So I would like to start with this experience of mine when I went to Singularity University in August 2019 with my dad and we attended the global summit and attended really a lot of these path breaking discussions on uh, the future of technology education and health so I feel that when we use the term education we always think about classroom which isn't necessarily true Before the COVID-19 pandemic no one would have thought that online school would be possible and would be successful the way that both the private and public schools have adapted to these unprecedented times is really admirable i personally feel that the future of education is more about learning and less about teaching with advances in educational technology i feel learning can be more accessible and more personalized than ever before So you know laying a foundation for personalized learning strategies the future presents these opportunities to unleash the creative skills of students whether it's through adaptive learning apps personalized learning algorithms or just self directed learning the future of learning is undoubtedly mobile personal and self directed and i feel that the future of education will not only focus on mastery of a subject but rather mastery of problem solving networking and other critical standards of a modern technology driven society and uh, personally what i'm most happiest about is that instead of stem education the new term steam education has come up which also takes arts into significant consideration i feel that this is the best incorporation of stem and non stem subjects although a long way to go we are definitely headed in the right direction the future of technology is an exciting space and there is a revolution that is awaited so uh, so there's you know a lot to look forward to i love so more accessible more personalized and you know that's actually the first time i hear and i love it instead of steam education you're adding arts into that if it really happens it's just going to be amazing because it gets a, a, a side of people arts involve it, it, it's more soul oriented right like it, it involves creativity it, it it's so mind opening if you actually get both together is just an amazing feature and you know being a lover of both education and history 
You do understand the importance of the fight against fake news, which involves both subjects. And this is something that we're living today. But when talking about the future, it's still going to maintain as one of the main challenges. Actually, some companies are calling that the war on truth. And that's because, you know, the advancements of technology as anything has its good side and it, its bad side. And, and uh, being able to identify in the future what's real and what's not, it's even going to be more challenging. They will be able to be using synthetic media. Video is going to be manipulated. So how do you see this topic and what are your hopes and expectations for that? Hmm. That's a really great question. And I feel that fake news is, you know, and even a lot fake news along with freedom of speech and expression are topics that are very pertinent in these times. Fake news, misinformation campaigns are of core concern to the current democratic societies. So, you know, insecurity emerges because of these controversies where we see that, you know, what's really happening is not portrayed and this fake side just to gain TRP and just to gain more traction is, is you know, being used a lot uh, in these times. Especially last year, I feel the Indian media did not portray what was really happening uh, in the COVID circumstances and focused more on, you know, subjects that would get them more traction. And I feel that because of this, people can't really rely on media and are looking for journalists that themselves voice their own opinions on the internet, maybe through social media platforms, through Instagram, Facebook, or, or just any platforms where they aren't a part of a full entire team, but speak what is actually the truth. And I feel at present, misinformation, disinformation and propaganda is the main thing that uh, media really revolves around. And since media is an independent entity, which uh, is not slacked by the goals of the government and uh, the responsibilities of the people, I feel a free media is fundamental to democracy, enabling the existence of an informed citizen. I believe that the war of truth has been prevailing for long, but has increased significantly in the 21st century with the digital revolution and the age of social media. It makes it really hard for us to distinguish what is real and what is fake, which further leads to entanglements of our belief system. Great thoughts, Mahira. So listen, we are almost getting to the end of our program. And I would just love to know what's next for you. You're going to Duke, so congratulations. It's going to be amazing. You're moving, you're, you're leaving home. What do you expect to accomplish in your coming years? <laughs> This is my favorite question. I am always very excited to talk about Duke and my plans for the future. So, uh, at Duke, I will be studying arts and sciences with a major in visual arts and innovation and entrepreneurship. I have always dreamed of being a change maker and a youth icon to inspire the future of India and world. I've been passionate about embracing change, stepping out of my comfort zone and really challenging myself, doing the extraordinary and making an impact on the planet. Over the coming years, I aim to expand FanWagon, design innovative solutions for solving existing problems and leading by example uh, by educating the youth about the challenges of tomorrow. 
and how they could tap into their unlimited potential to be the change that they wish to see. That's great, Mahira. I hope we do keep in touch so you can keep telling us what, what you're coming up with. For sure, you're going to be, you already have such a background, but for sure you're going to be getting to know new people and new subjects and who knows what you're going to create as well. So lastly, I'd love to know, how do you see humanity's evolution? So how do you feel about our future? Do you consider yourself more and optimistic you know do you think that we're actually being able to evolve to a more inclusive to a more sustainable society or are you more on a um, worried you know side do you worry that if we don't change our ways we might not have such a better future So, uh, in the book Homo Sapiens, I feel that there's this remarkable statement about human evolution. Typically, we think of evolution as a theory that explains the present in the light of the past. But in my opinion, people commonly assume that our species have evolved very little since the prehistoric times. Yet, new studies use genetic information from populations around the globe suggest that the pace of human evolution has increased with the advent of agriculture and cities but i wouldn't go with one or the other i believe that yes we are definitely more progressive and inclusive as compared to a decade ago sustainability as a concept is gaining more uh, and more traction in today's day and age individuals large and small business and both businesses are looking for sustainable outlooks with policies self practices and overall purpose is um, keeping in mind the planet and society how however there is still a long way to go and a lot of work to be done sometimes you know humans selfish need tend to overpower the planet which makes us really worried about the future generations and how tomorrow would look like So I believe that uh, we all need to be living very consciously with the environment, society, future generations and the planet in mind with an optimistic belief and a positive outlook. Mahira, thank you so much for being here with us today. And you know what? Future Hacker is at your service. So, you know, whatever you create, that for sure is going to be amazing. It's going to be thoughtful, inclusive, sustainable, whichever innovations you're coming up in the coming years that I know you are, please, you know, you're always going to be our guests. I'm wishing you the best. I hope we have more Mahiras in the world. And if you have any final words, the word is yours. Please go ahead. Thank you so much for having me here. It was really a pleasure, you know, speaking to you, speaking about something that I'm passionate about, be it Fun Wagon, be it my journey at Duke, be it speaking about tomorrow. I feel all of these topics are so, they're just so wonderful to talk about. And yeah, I feel talking about future is really essential and, and you know, sustainability and following these positive outlook practices are uh, really essential. So thank you so much for having me. It was really, really wonderful being here. Future Hacker. Life. Path. Future.